0: It is my joy to introduce you to the family. Hallelujah. Come on up. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Good morning, everybody. I find it a little hard to follow all that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wow, I'm glad you're here this morning. I oh, bless you to you come for a word today. Amen. I got one for you. Life-giving, even. Amen. But before we get to that today, I think we should uh, reflect for just a minute on Brother Kevin's word from last week. And I'm going to ask my wife to come and uh, and to do that for us. And help us with it. She you say, she was in children's church. She know anything about the word? Yeah, I've only played it about four times on my. Does everybody know we have a podcast? Life Changer Church has a podcast. I didn't even know it. I have a podcast. Travis did it to me. I don't know how to tell you get to how to t- tell you how to get to it except on my own phone. <laughs> and so I'm sure there's a way for Android people to get to it, and others uh, from other, uh, you know, uh, streaming services. But we do have a podcast, and by seven o'clock or so on Monday morning, today's sermon will be available on mobile devices on podcast. Okay, and so it's really true. You mean it, Pastor? I mean it, 100%. It's Go really down. true. Anyway, I listened. So I listened to Kevin preach two or three times last week on my phone, <laughs> driving do. down the road. Anyway, so Ms. Nick, could you give us about a two-minute reflection or so?
1: Yes. <clears throat> the reason I wanted to do this, I told Pastor, I said, "Feel like we ought to say something about Kevin's word." Is because if you don't, you know, bring it up and repeat it, yeah. it, it just fades away. I mean, if somebody hadn't written down. David's 23rd Psalm, it would have been, you know, lost in oblivion or, Antiquary. you know, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed. What would we do without that one? <laughs> <You know? laughs> or the Lord's Prayer or many other? It's because somebody wrote it down. And if we don't take special attention to what Brother Kevin said, Ted kept saying, "Oh, he really preached a good. Word. He gave a good word, and we need to listen to it." Now, I was I was teaching the little children about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we prayed for President Trump. I said, "Does anybody know in here know who President Tr- who who Mr. Trump is?" And I had a, a couple of. Six, seven, and eight-year-olds in there because it was family Sunday, and I like for them to be able to come in because I miss someone now that they're not in there anymore. Yeah, and so the older one said, "He's our president," and I told him that he was sick. What do you think we should do? And um, Isaac said, "Pray for him," and 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 uh, so anyhow, we prayed for President Trump. So now I wish I was in there this week so I could say our prayer. Our prayers were answered, but. We want to remember what Kevin said, and so one of the things that he said that I think a key thing is that there's a second wind. Do y'all remember that? There's a second wind coming that God wants to blow on this congregation and, and bring forth more of what we've had in the past as, as well as um, cause that to increase signs and wonders and miracles and the presence of the Lord. And um, I've listened to it so many times, and I still can't tell you everything that was in there. But that was the heart. That was the heart of it, that God wants to draw people here and draw them because of the word that goes forth, that there's healing here. There's restoration here. The presence of God is here and, um, I was very sad last week because I learned that um a friend of mine had committed suicide, and several people in the office were friends with this individual and had knew knew her and had relationship every she was a business person every time I would go and um let her serve me, I would invite her to church and we talked about it and i was so sad i felt like i felt like i'd failed i said lord how could i have known this pe- this person all of these years and and this have happened you know and so i think there are people out there that we run into every day who have needs, deep needs, and God wants to use us. And that's what pastor's been preaching about. And I think Kevin's word was an affirmation of that, though he didn't know what pastor's been preaching and how he's been encouraging us to pray for the sick and to be aware of ministry around us. And so um, I would like to encourage you to find that word and Cue it up and listen to it. Listen to it every day. Say, Take some time and write down a few parts of it that are really significant to you. And then you pray, pray them and say them. In your, in your devotional time or sometime during the day and say, yes, Lord, we received the breath of your Spirit, a fresh wind over Life Changer Church, a revival wind, a healing wind, a restoring wind, the wind of your presence.
0: Amen. Thank you, Ms. Shane. Hey, it is a good thing to remember. Matter of fact, Scripture says, stir up by way of pure remembrance. I'm going to read one today that's similar to that. Um, I want to talk to you about fear today. Uh, next Sunday, Pastor Travis is going to be preaching. Jenny and I'll be here, Lord willing, but Pastor Travis is going to have the word next week, and he and I are, are working toward we want to talk about fear. It seems to me that fear is prevalent in our land. It's on the right hand and on the left hand. It's everywhere. and you know if it's not, if it's not fear of COVID. It's fear of the election. It's fear that your candidate's not going to get elected or that he is going to get elected. That's funny, isn't it? You know, it's fear about the economy. It's fear about just, you can be afraid of everything. You know, it's it's interesting to me. I, I was with a couple of teenagers in the church, and one was afraid of bugs, and the other one loved bugs. Also, tonight, Sister Tiffany that was up here, she's going to be ministering the Word tonight. So you don't want to miss that. She is an amazing teacher. I mean, truly. You know, she reads Greek better than I do. I mean, she's an amazing teacher. Anyway, so so this thing about fear, it's on every hand. Uh, in um, Matthew 18, 19, which is the verse I didn't give you, Kenny. Uh, is uh, this thing that says, um, it talks about the power of agreement. If any two of you agree, as touching anything in the earth, it shall be done of our Father who is in heaven. I just want to mention one little aspect of that as we look at this issue of fear. One of the things the enemy tries to do is he'll bring a thought to you, or he'll bring an emotion to you, And what you do with that thought and what you do with that emotion becomes vitally important. And if you come into agreement with it and you own it, it has a whole lot more power than if it's just passing by. Now, I don't want this to be complicated. I'm a simple preacher. And I do not want this. Listen, so, so so, you start feeling bad. You have an ache or a joint or a pain or something. And immediately the thought comes to you, you got, a t- you got cancer. What? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, you do. You know, Uncle Joe had that same pain. He died from a tumor. And you get to thinking about that. You get to meditating on it. You don't take that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. There's something about agreeing with the accusations of the devil that come to you that empower them to manifest in your life. See, it is better to agree with the Word of God and replace that thought with a... Think on these things. Remember that, Philippians 4? Whatsoever things are good and just and lovely and pure. And if there's anything worthy about them or any good report in them, think on those things. Somebody said, Pastor, you're talking about mind control? Yes! You get in control of your thoughts. Not me, I don't want to be in control of your thoughts. I can't even keep control of my own sometimes. I don't want to be responsible for your thoughts. You've got to think on whatever you want to think on. But my counsel is, think on the Word of God. Amen. Begin to say out of your mouth a quote from the Scripture. Yeah. So what about fear? What about fear? Fears come. Well, one of the most classic Scripture references is when Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and following, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. As my forefathers did without uh, ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. I think I would really like it if Paul sent me a letter and said he was praying for me every day and night. I'd like that. I'd like that. As a matter of fact, I kind of like it when anybody says that to me. You don't have to be an apostle. You can be a scallywag long as you're praying for me. (laughs) Now, I do want you to pray in an informed way and not just be praying silliness that no way God can answer. So greatly desiring to see you being mindful of uh, of your tears that I may be filled with joy. He said, look, it's fun when I get to see you. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. You know, there's something, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, there's something about your legacy of faith that impacts those grandchildren and those great-grandchildren. There's something about how you live that reflects Jesus that your kids and your grandkids see. They don't just remember all your failures and faults. Sometimes the enemy uses your failures and faults to accuse you. But I'm telling you, Mom and Dad, you living for God, you living a godly life. I don't mean super spiritual, you say everything right, you do everything. But I'm talking about you have an honest, what did it say here? An honest and sincere faith. It impacts. Those who are living with you. It really does. So, look here what Paul says. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, I've got a big sermon series on this, but listen the only gift you get by the laying on of hands that I know of in the New Testament is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so. And the only gift I know of that you personally can take responsibility for stirring up is the impartation or the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes with the laying on of hand. That we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Usually followed by speaking with other tongues and prophecy. Somebody said, well, how do I stir up my own gift? Well, what Kevin was saying last week when he was talking about singing in the Spirit. Are praying in the Spirit. And, you know, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You know, this is, this is not some weird thing. This was normal uh, experience in the New Testament church. In the book of Acts, this is the thing that made the difference in the church. And, friends, listen to me. When you sincerely seek God and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak with other tongues, it'll change your life. And it will certainly change your life if you remember to stir up yourself, if you remember to take responsibility for your own spirituality. You know, we should never make television preachers responsible for our spirituality. You certainly should never make me responsible for your spirituality. You know, you see, when, when we take responsibility for our spiritual walk, It changes everything. It means I can pray in other tongues. I can stir up the gift of God that was put in me by laying on of hands in some little old bitty Assembly of God church up in Springfield, Missouri in the corner of nowhere. Laid His hands on me and prayed for me, and I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now that was, golly, that was at least 45 years ago. And I have learned a lot about praying in the Holy Ghost and how vital and what an incredible gift it is that God gives to us when he gives us the ability to pray beyond ourselves. In my opinion, is when you're praying in tongues, you reach into the invisible realm of the Holy Spirit and you pull out revelation for today's opportunity. Or difficulty. And you can learn to do that. This is not something that happens to you when lightning hits you in the top of your head and you get knocked down, and you get up, and now, aha! I now am spiritual. Or Pastor laid his hands on me and I laid in the floor. No, 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 no. So, no, see, see, Paul said, Timothy, I want to remind you of something. Stir up. The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God. Listen, listen, are you listening church? For God has not given you or us. God has not given us a spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. Get to preaching loud and shouting, you know. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So let's just stop there. Sometimes. Fear is not simply an emotion. It's a spirit. Can you say the word demon? It's a spirit. It's a demon. It's a living spiritual entity. It's a spirit. But it feels like fear. And it feels like you. He doesn't come knocking on your brain. Hey, I'm a tormenting demon. Would you please get in agreement with me so I can torment you? (laughs) Hello, can I come in? No, they're transgressors. They're violators. They have no law. They have no boundaries. That's why the Bible says you must resist the devil. Well, you don't order to resist him. You need to recognize him. For God does not give you a spirit of fear. A demon. Now, if you're, you you're squirming about demons, and you can be, it's okay. You'd be wrong, but, it, but you can be. Uh, if, you're, you know, if you're nervous about demons, you know, uh, get over it. You have an adversary, the devil, going about seeking whom he may devour. I mean, you have an adversary. He's real. Now, he's been defeated. Jesus has put him under his feet. You can put him under your feet. You don't have to live in torment from him. You don't have to live in bondage to him. But you will if you don't recognize he's around looking for a way to get at you. So that's why you need to learn to recognize what is the Spirit of God and what is not the Spirit of God in your thought life, in your entertainment. That was a real quiet amen right there. In your, you know, in life in life. Do you ever have those winter winter days when you win and you just kind of feel good about yourself? I do. I do. I, you know, I get through flat tires or I get through somebody being aggravating or somebody being stubborn, or I get through, you know, I just get through some of the stuff that we all have to deal with in life. And I get through it and I've acted like a Christian all day long. And I just feel real good about that. <laughs> you know, it's a, it, it's a sad thing to be a Christian Isn't it, Kelly? And not act like one. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. Don't make a place for the devil. Now, if you've been in this church any amount of time, you know we teach very soundly biblically. It doesn't fit human tradition and the reasonings of the generations, but it's biblically sound That you understand that you can make a place for the devil in your life. I don't want to make a place for the devil. The only person I want to have access to my heart and my life is the Holy Spirit. And he's there. But I have some responsibility, Paul says, to stir up the gift of God that's in me. Now, that was all introduction. I may have to wait till the week after to do the rest of it, but so in Psalm 118.6, the Bible says, The word, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Do you believe God's on your side? Now see, see, if, if, you, if you get sick, do you believe God gave you the sickness? When I had cancer in 2002, I had phone call after phone call from ministry friends saying, why do you believe God gave this to you? One, why do you believe God let you get this? too? I said, God didn't send it. He hadn't got any cancer in heaven. He didn't have any to give. Besides that, he loves me. He loves me. And I'm a mere human father and I would never give one of my kids something like this. And my love is imperfect compared to his love. But he didn't give it to me. He didn't let me get it. He is on my side. As a matter of fact, I'm on the Lord's side against every destructive thing that is in the earth. Does that make sense? Psalm 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. I had to fight to not fear. Then and since then, fear wants to have a place. And with the election looming, with COVID being talked about on every news channel you can find, and people fighting and fussing over who did what, to whom, when, where, the president just having it, on all the media, I'm telling you, there is a spirit of fear loose in the land looking for a place in your life. Looking for a place in your life. And friend, if you don't resist him, if you don't take authority over those thoughts, if you don't capture those thoughts, 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 10, taking captive every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. You know, I have a responsibility to control my thought life. And you do too. And so what we want to do is replace our evil, fearful thoughts with thoughts of the promises of God. Matter of fact, that's Psalm 118.6. It's also quoted in Hebrews 13.6. Believing and thinking are not the same thing. Do you hear me? Thinking something might be right, and believing it in your heart are not the same thing. There's a a difference in those two things. You can think well and believe stupid (laughs) or foolishly. I don't mean that to be ugly or unkind. I'm just saying I had to figure that out for myself. Just because i got my thoughts arranged, just because I've read the Word, just because I've informed my thinking doesn't mean that it got into my heart and that I believe correctly. Or that I believe toward God. Just because I think well doesn't mean I believe well. Obviously, thinking well helps believing. Because in thinking, you meditate on things and you meditate on them day and night that you might believe. Now, Scripture says that I might observe to do all. So it's important to think well, to be taught well, to understand the Bible well, to interpret the Bible accurately. All those things are very, very important. But just because you've got your thinking straightened out doesn't mean you have your believing thinking out, straightened out. Did I say that correctly? Just because you're thinking well doesn't mean you're believing well. because there's a, And it's a bit of an artificial distinction because we are a one person, But faith proceeds from the heart, not your ability to reason. But God's not irrational and He doesn't want us to be irrational. You know, and I like the phrase transrational. God transcends reason. He is not irrational. God's Word may not seem reasonable according to the flesh, but it's reasonable according to the Spirit. But those are not the milk of the word. That's not the stuff, the simple stuff. That's as you grow in God, you begin to understand these distinctions. You begin to understand the nuances of walking in the spirit, being led by the spirit. You begin to understand the nuances. Two more verses real quick. 1 John four eighteen says, perfect love casts out fear. Now listen to me. If you find yourself stuck in fear, there's something about love you're not getting. One, you may not really believe God loves you. You may be one of those people who thinks, if God really loved me, he wouldn't let this stuff happen to me. When God doesn't let stuff happen to you, you make choices and decisions that position you in places where stuff comes. I don't think I need to say any more about that. You can be the victim or the victor. It is your choice. And then once again, in Romans 8, 15, we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Listen, listen, if you notice it says spirit of bondage, it might be a demon. I don't want to scare you. Well, maybe I do want to scare you a little bit. But if you embrace something that just builds fear in you, you're afraid to drive, you're afraid to go for a walk, you're afraid to name it. You're afraid and you're in bondage to it. It doesn't come from God. I don't care how much you say it comes from God or how much the Holy Spirit spoke to you about it. It's not God. When you're in bondage to fear, it's not God. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Which suggests to me that we can have a not sound mind. You know, sometimes people go irrational. They go emotional and they lose track of all reason. And then some people go the other way. They go reasoning and they forget to love anybody. We want to be a people who walk in the Holy Spirit. Who are not walking in the bondage of fear. Who are not walking in the bondage of fear. Because 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says the perfect love that comes from God. Perfect love. Agape. Self-sacrifice. Perfect love casts out fear and by the way it says all fear there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment how many of you know that there's torment associated with fear so listen here we are middle of middle of october second sunday in october Uh, We have presidential debates going on. That was scary. I don't know if you saw the first one, but that was just scary. Uh, On all sides, in my opinion. It was just scary. You know, uh, they've been fighting over the second one. We got a third one supposed to happen. We're in the season of politics and elections. There's some scary stuff being talked about. We have a Supreme Court nominee facing Inquisition tomorrow. Scary stuff in the land. I, as your pastor, want to encourage you to not be captured by the spirit of fear. To stir yourself up by way of pure remembrance of what God has done. For listen to me. If God be for me. I said if God be for me. Then who can be against me? Then Paul lists a whole bunch of things after that. Guys. Don't be afraid. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. But you'll know when it's time to do. What am I going to do if they do that? Well, I'm going to stay at peace. I'm going to trust God. The one that's brought me this far is going to carry me on. Right? So if, if what am I going to do if that happens in politics? Well, I'm going to be at peace. I may not like it, but I'm going to choose peace. You know, I've had to choose peace about a lot of things in my life that I didn't like. Haven't you? haven't you? haven't you? you, you we, we have options. We can choose to receive the love of God, or we can choose to be agitated. And some of us like agitation better than we like peace. We don't know how to live at peace. We know how to, we're so in such a habit of being aggravated that we, we live with aggravation and agitation better than we do at peace. I don't know about you, but is there any guys in here besides me that went home and stirred up something just because you couldn't stand being at peace in the house? God help us. And ladies, you do the same thing, so don't get the big head. Oh, I just wish we had peace in our house. Well, you decide to have peace. You may not control anybody else, but you can control you. I'm not going to be engaged in aggravation. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to release from judgment. I'm going to act peaceful. I'm going to possess my soul. I'm not going to give you the power to aggravate me. Now, a lot of people have the power to aggravate me, and I have to remember sometimes, Keep my aggravation to myself. Fear not. Fear not. God is for you. If he is, who can be against you? So don't let this election stuff, this economic news stuff, COVID stuff, don't let it bring you to bondage. Thank you for listening to the Life Changer Church podcast. You can join us each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are located at 2221 Cornerstone Avenue. You can reach the church office at 918-341-8344. You are always welcome at Lightinger Church. See you soon.